everyone. I'm Ian. And I'm Sam. And you're listening to Do I Like This, the podcast. Yay! And this is our first mainstream monthly episode of a podcast where I bring Sam usually terrible B-movies from my back catalog. But this week... I love how you call it your catalog. Like, uh, I'm just picturing a Sears catalog. It's like (laughs) 500 pages long. (laughs) You flip through pick which shit bag you're going to give me for the week. Do you know how hard it was to get Sears to custom make that catalog for me? <laughs> but I still kept in all the Christmas toys because that was the best part of the Sears catalog. Uh, so you bring me your catalog and I <laughs> get so annoyed at you that I make you watch movies that don't suck. Yes. Or or that are not B-movies. So this week we have a twist. So as Ian said, it's the main. we're calling it the Mainstream Monthly. So we watch a lot of, they tend to be older movies or just really like Off the obscure, beaten path. Yeah, obscure movies that not a lot of people have seen. And so there's a lot of stuff out there that we haven't seen, that we want to see, that we haven't had a chance to see because, you know, working, having a child, all that fun stuff. So since we've been devoting so much time to watching all of these, you know, other movies, I put it out there like, hey, could we like watch a good movie from time to time or a movie that we both really want to watch? And talking, we kind of realized there's a lot of mainstream horror. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to say I'm so big into the B-movie genre that I haven't seen a lot of modern mainstream horror from the last like 25 years that right. really I should see as a fan of the genre yes. doing this kind of a podcast. For example. For the most blatant example in the last 20 years, I think. Uh Ian has never seen the Blair Witch Project. Hadn't ever seen it. Well, so here we are. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. So we decided that the first mainstream movie that we watched would be this one since Ian's never seen it. I didn't know he had never seen it. And I can't remember how it came up in conversation, but I mentioned something about the story of how I'd seen it. And, um... Ian was like, oh, yeah, I never saw that. I probably should see that soon. And I was like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Um, I kind of dismissed it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I never get around to that one. I know it's kind of a big deal, but whatever. Yeah. So I guess um, the way we should, we're going to start this off, I'm going to read the plot from Wikipedia, just in case there's someone out there who hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Also to refresh some memories, because this is an older movie. Uh, what year was it? 1999. How many years ago was that now? That would be 22 years ago. That's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> that is. I saw this movie in the theater when it came out. I feel old, <laughs> even though I'm only sort of young old. In October 1994, film students Heather, Mike, and Josh set out to produce a documentary about the fabled Blair Witch. They travel to Burkittsville, Maryland, and interview residents about the legend. Locals tell them of Rustin Parr, a hermit who lived in the woods and kidnapped seven children in the 1940s. He supposedly killed them all in his basement, murdering them in pairs of two while having one stand in a corner. The students explore the woods north of Burkittsville to research the legend. They meet two fishermen, one of whom warns them that the woods are haunted. He tells them of a young girl named Robin Weaver who went missing in 1888. When she returned three days later, she talked about an old woman whose feet never touched the ground. The students hiked to Coffin Rock, where five men were found ritualistically murdered in the 19th century. Their bodies later disappeared. 
They camp for the night, and the next day they find an old cemetery with seven small cairns, which are those little rock piles, one of which Josh accidentally knocks over. That night, they hear the sounds of twigs snapping. The following day, they try to hike back to the car but cannot find it before dark and make camp. They again hear twigs snapping. (laughs) That's apparently a sentence. Yeah. In the morning, they find that three cairns have been built around their tent. Heather learns her map is missing. Mike reveals he kicked the map into the creek out of frustration, which prompts the other two to attack him in a rage as they realize they are now lost. They decide to head south using Mike's compass and discover humanoid stick figures suspended from trees. (laughs) They again hear strange sounds that night, including children laughing. (laughs) After an unknown force shakes the tent, they flee in panic and hide in the woods until dawn. Upon returning to their tent, they find that their possessions have been rifled through and Josh's equipment is covered with slime. They come across a river identical to the one they crossed earlier and realize they have walked in a circle. Josh suffers a breakdown because of the dire situation and disappears the next morning. Heather and Mike try in vain to find him before proceeding. That night, they hear Josh's agonized screams but are unable but are unable to locate him. They theorize that his screams are a fabrication by the witch to draw them out of their tent. The next day, Heather discovers a bundle of sticks with fabric from Josh's shirt. She also finds blood-soaked scraps of his shirt, as well as teeth, hair, and a piece of his tongue. Although distraught, she chooses not to tell Mike. That night, she records herself apologizing to her family and Mike and Josh's families, taking responsibility for their predicament. They again hear Josh's agonized cries and follow them to an abandoned house containing demonic symbols and children's bloody handprints on the walls. Trying to find Josh, they go to the basement where an unseen force attacks Mike, causing him to drop his camera. Heather enters the basement screaming, as she do, and her camera captures Mike standing in a corner. The unseen force attacks Heather, causing her to drop her camera, and the footage ends. So, I just want to say, the way you read it, you're not wrong. But I am. I heard Karens written as there were. They built three Karens, Karens. outside of their <laughs> tent, and they emerged to see Karens. And I'm like, better movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, one of my nightmares. Uh, so I feel like all of that is pretty accurate. Uh, it tells the story i think it's leaving out the most important part is that this is the original found footage movie yes like the original i I mean maybe there was something before this but this was the one that had like the viral marketing campaign it was all online there were like fake documentaries it was nuts so when this movie came out in 1999 i saw it in the theater Mm -hmm. opening night i thought it was real Everyone I was with thought it was real because they had like the documentary clips were online. The commercials had their families talking about them missing or whatever. Like I remember very clearly being like, whoa, this is really fucked up. Like this is a really Mm -hmm. fucked up situation. And so going into the second viewing, I had never seen it since then. That was the last time I had seen it. And the only thing I remembered, aside from like, you know, those iconic moments of like her crying into the camera with her snot bubble and the stick people hanging from the trees, all I remembered is that Heather's annoying. Um, 
Accurate. They're in the woods a lot. Also accurate. And I remember feeling that it was sufficiently creepy the way I remembered it. It also was coming from a lens of like being a teenager and also thinking it was real. You know what I mean? I do. I remember this. I remember a lot of that, Mm -hmm. obviously, without seeing the movie. I remember it being everywhere. I remember the websites, the viral marketing, the conversations. People were like thinking this was real. And seeing it 22 years later for the first time, just cannot replicate that experience. This movie was meant to be seen at a place in time and history. Absolutely. And it does not hold the same gravity with the internet, with time mm-hmm. passing, knowing it's not real, not being able to experience it that way. Yeah, I definitely, on this viewing of it, it was so difficult to sit through. First of all, the shaky cam was was rough. Uh, speaking of difficult to sit through, the, we yeah. had to watch over two nights because I got genuinely nauseous and sick yeah. watching this. Ian had to like lay on the floor with his eyes closed because his head was spinning and he felt like the he was going to throw up. The first movie that has ever done that to me. <laughs> and so watching this again, I knew what I was getting into. I knew the basic, you know, plot because I had seen it before, and because it is like a piece of you know, genre making history. Oh, come on. Say this. We tried to record this episode after (laughs) finishing it. And, you know, I'm the big fan of all these movies that aren't usually really good. I tend to be the, the the positive. I was so angry. Oh God. Ian was so angry in the first recording that halfway through, I just kind of looked at him and was like, I don't think we're going to be able to use this because you sound mean and mad and that's just not who you are and i feel like people are not going to want to listen to you being fucking pissed the whole time like so angry because we recorded immediately after we finished watching it which is a huge mistake no time to process any feelings i I agree and i will say here right now just because it's not a big surprise i do not like this movie yeah it is not a movie you can see at this point in time and enjoy That being said, I think there are things worth talking about in this film. Having a little space after that train wreck that was my first attempt at talking (laughs) to you about this, I want to start and kind of talk about a couple things that I liked Mm -hmm. in this movie because it's not all a disaster. It has some neat ideas. My favorite thing in this movie is the way the Blair Witch fucks with people and takes its time. So many movies which I love and don't get me wrong. I appreciate the style too. The monster comes, the monster kills you. You got a couple minutes with it. You're done. This thing, this creature, this witch's entity is playing mind games, taking its time, throwing slime on your shit, building little rock sculptures. I love it. I really love the slow. I'm a mess with you mentally. I'm a get you. I'm not going anywhere. I don't need to do it right away. I appreciate, I think that that piece of it is the tension building. And so the tension building in terms of, it goes from kind of being silly toward the beginning, like they're kind of joking around, Mm -hmm. they're smoking cigarettes, they're having a few drinky poos, um, they're interviewing people in town and the, the people are kind of weird and they're, you know, joking around. And as time goes on, they start to get like rageful toward each Mm -hmm. other. And then it becomes just really tense and really creepy. And so I think the being lost in the woods thing 
is anybody can kind of relate to like that is scary, right? I don't think it's horror necessarily in in my mm-hmm. head the way that I see horror. Um, I, I think it's I, more like dread. Yeah, I like I like the creepy shit like hanging from the trees and and like the cairns and stuff because it's weird. It's weird like stuff that's out of place in the woods in the middle of nowhere. I like that vibe. Um, I remember when I first saw it, I liked the ending. I liked Mike standing in the corner, throwback to the serial killer, whatever. But I thought it was stupid because I'm like, but it's about the Blair Witch, not about the serial killer. Is the serial mm-hmm. killer the Blair Witch? Is the Blair Witch the serial killer? Like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. They're blending the continuity. The storyline was a little bit messy. Let's just say that picking up on that though another thing i really did like though is the lore and the idea behind this absolutely is really interesting Mm -hmm. and that made me want to know more about that spend more time exploring bits and pieces of that story so what Mm -hmm. i would have liked this movie to do was have more of those moments where you had those sculptures hanging in the trees or they came across little bits of pieces of lore or things that kind of you know got them thinking more about yeah but that's a video game ian (laughs) well maybe that's what i wanted more you know can someone make a blair witch video game? did they oh well you know what that might be the first thing we shut up dude it's they made a Blair Witch video game. We'll get into we will get into that down the line. I wish you guys could see the incredulous look on my face. I can't I will make sure you can see the look on her face when I make her experience this video wow. game. I think a lot of people feel that way about the lore mm-hmm. because even after this movie came out, back to when I first saw it in the theater, I remember at the end I was like, holy fuck, this is fucked up, right? And then all of a sudden it pops up on the screen like written by directed by and i was like Mm. hold up is this fake (laughs) slow your (laughs) roll (laughs) right and this was this was in the days of like the early internet so i wasn't i didn't have it on my phone like i couldn't pull shit up on my phone i wasn't going home and like uh, hanging out on the on the internet like it just wasn't i mean some people were at that point you're telling me is you weren't a cool kid like we hung out. Would you have friends and stuff? It was like the days of the AIM chat rooms. That's the only reason anybody mm-hmm. ever went on the internet, right? At that point, anyway. So it wasn't a thing. Like you don't go online and start like doing deep dives so much. But this movie kind of made you do it. So afterward, you go on and you're, you're finding all the lore. There was mm-hmm. like a mass influx of people into that poor little town, and they had they got like bombarded by people who were trying to go out into the woods and find the Blair Witch because they were like, it's real. No matter what you guys tell us, it's real. And so I, I knew that it was fake because I saw that information. And Mm -hmm. then as I kind of, I like went on Google, whatever it was, ask Jeeves or whatever back in the day. Tripod, dog pile. I could go on. Yeah. But even knowing that it wasn't real, there was always that like little seed in the back of your head. Like, because this was brand new. No one done this before. It was totally out of the realm of anybody's thinking the viral marketing was innovative it really was so there was that small piece of you that's like wait is it fake or are they messing like what's happening here i but i knew that it was i knew that it was fake and the thing that really solidified it there's a very specific reason you know it's fake well yeah and so ian knows the story because i've told it a couple of times it's kind of funny i remember i go home 
I'm talking to my stepmom and I'm telling her, oh, I saw the Blair Witch, you know, whatever. And so my stepmom is, um, she directs, she acts, she's really incredible. She had just done, I, I don't remember if it was that year or the year before, mm-hmm. she did a really beautiful like outdoor staging of Midsummer Night's Dream and she was the fairy queen to Tanya and it was, she looked so fucking cool. Um, Point is, I love Shakespeare. I love plays. I loved that play. It was just really well done. And I was telling her, I just saw the Blair Witch Project. She goes, oh, my friend, Mike was in that play or yeah. who was, who was in the play with me. He played Lysander or something. He, he's in that movie. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, he <laughs> played one of the people in the movie. I don't think she saw it at that point because she's like, yeah, he was in that movie. And I'm like, oh, so it was definitely f- fake then. Right. And she's like, uh, yes <laughs> yeah and, but it was funny because i remember watching the movie and when he was on the screen i was like that guy looks really familiar yeah that eerie feeling of like i yeah. know you from somewhere that guy looks really familiar he was familiar he was in a play that i had just seen very recently and like we went to the cast party and interacted with this person and so it was like oh yeah he's he's a real person he's not dead uh, so yeah just because you said it wonder what the rap party was like for the blair witch project oh, God, <laughs> those three people must have wanted to get the fuck away from each other so badly so can i talk a little bit about the making of the movie because i do know a lot about it yes let's do that before we get into things we don't like about the movie so because this is a thing that i like about this movie we talked about it in the first time we recorded it so feel free to kind of jump in I love film and I love how film is made. And I, you know, I just love that sort of thing. So one of the more interesting parts to me is how this movie was not scripted in the traditional way. There was an outline and they had a basic outline. And every day these people were legitimately in the woods, the three of them by themselves. There were crew nearby, but they were unseen. Like you couldn't see them. They only Mm -hmm. communicated via walkie talkie, like in an emergency, they had a GPS and they would find every day at the end of the day, like a bucket with snacks and little notes for each of them got a note like this is what you're doing tomorrow make sure this happens Mm -hmm. make sure you say this or something and it was very bare minimum so it was all really genuine interaction and then at some you know like the day that mike kicked the map into the water they it probably his note was probably something like you have to reveal that you're the one who lost the map or whatever tell Um, them you kicked it into the river right go from there that is how they filmed it and what they wound up doing, which is pretty fucked up, but is also, I think is really interesting as the days went on, it was filmed. I think it was like a couple weeks, like, like between a week and, and two weeks that they were out there doing this. They started to restrict the amount of food that they gave them. So, so they gave them wicked, less, but also crafty. Right, they gave them less and less food. And so they became more and more agitated and they actually had to like, intervene at one point because two of the actors were like at each other's throats for real and it became like they were in a very high state of agitation a lot of the things that were happening they didn't know were going to happen like they didn't know that the that their tent was going to get shaken in the middle of the night that was totally out of nowhere they didn't know that they were going to be finding certain things 
they didn't know how to interact with certain things that they were finding. And so like a couple of times they had to be given specific directives, like open the bundle of twigs and look what's inside, mm. you know? So I thought that was cool because you're catching these people, obviously they're actors, obviously they're playing a part to a certain extent, but you're also getting their genuine human emotion of people who are in distress, like legitimate distress. So I find that part very interesting, even though it becomes really fucking annoying as time goes on. I was going to say, so I'm on the fence on this because it, it almost is like an immersive improv yes. movie. And the concept's interesting. The execution I think part of what makes it hard to watch is it's the true emotions of mm -hmm. people. And it in in and this is just my opinion and a thought I'm trying out here. I think what works for me in movies in a lot of the times is when you're watching someone act, yes, they're expressing these true emotions, but there's still I'm watching, I know this is a performance, it's written, it's scripted. This movie, there's just something so true about the genuine responses from people. It's almost uncomfortable. I was going to say, it's probably making you uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it, which, and, which is a good thing. But in this, Well, in this movie, yeah, because that's what well, they're going for. But to your point, I think it also led to a little bit more scripting would have been beneficial because there were some scenes. It was just too much. They were like, like when, beating you over the head. Think of the scene when Josh goes to sit under the tree and what was her name? Heather. Heather and Mike are, and Mike's like, dude, give him five minutes. Like that back and forth between them was so, yeah. she was so obnoxious. But it, and it also went on for so long. And exactly. I'm like, you guys have, many like hundreds of hours of film probably yeah. from the days that they're out there. And this is the, the like three minutes you chose to waste. Yeah. And just like, Come on. like let him, I, but we got to let him, but we got to let him like, dude, I fucking get it. Yeah. You're, you want to move forward. You, he wants you to give him space. I think the problem with this movie now we're like moving into it is there's all these good parts, but it was just, they couldn't edit themselves appropriately. The, the 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 directors, in my opinion, upon the second rewatch, if they had all of this footage and this is what they came up with, like what's left on the floor? It's either all a bunch of shit or they made a few missteps in terms of crafting this story, and in I my think, opinion. Uh, and that's a good opinion. And I think uh, piggybacking off of that, hearing how they shot it, one of the challenges, and I think why it may have ended up this way, is you can't really do a reshoot of mm -hmm. a scene. Exactly. Because you're taking this live reaction, mm -hmm. and you can look at it, and you can kind of go, oh, man, we just needed like one or two little edits to that scene, and that's perfect. But what are you going to do? Yeah, there's a there's some there's a ton of trivia on this movie, and I remember the other day I was just like scrolling and scrolling, and I was like, look how long it is, and I'm just like <laughs> scrolling down. Like, um, it does not end. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with 
they couldn't have reshoots. So, oh, in this scene, this was supposed to happen, but it didn't happen. Oh, in this scene, they, when she's running through, it's going, what is that? The camera was supposed to pan over and show, like you're supposed to see like a, a, a figure moving through the woods. And that's what I wanted but so the, bad in those but moments. The camera, oh, but the it. camera didn't pan in, at the right moment. And you can't do a reshoot of something like that. I mean, to me, I'm fine with never having seen the monster or whatever. I like, I prefer that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I like that sort of thing. I like the mystery. I like, because whatever's in your head is usually way worse than whatever pops up on screen. But this movie needed just something more. It wasn't scary enough. Yes. It was too much people bickering in the middle of the woods. It was people dicking around in the woods minus fun Nazi monsters. Hey, my new... We, we've gone from <laughs> awkward blowjobs to people dicking around in the woods. My new... We now have two things in the trends of movies we pick. I agree with you so wholeheartedly on that in... It wasn't scary ever. Ever in this film. And I can't say for certain, had I seen it in 1999 during all this that it wouldn't have been like unnerving, but unnerving and scary are different things. When you're watching a movie, you can see something where what the people are going through is clearly an awful thing to go through. And I definitely watched this and was like, if I was in those woods and this was happening, I would probably be horrified. And so, But watching this movie none of that really came through to give me that horror in those moments, the anxiety and the tension for myself. I think that the problem is, is that none of the characters are likable. And so you do not ever feel that connection or that sympathy for them. Like, oh my goodness, I yeah. want them to get out of the woods alive. You, I never felt that about I them. I wanted them to just stop talking. Right. I didn't care if it was – I honestly it was like, I kind of want them to get what they've got coming to them because <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of them. That's a really good point. It was I, – I wanted so much to like it. I wanted so much going into it. I was like, oh, I did too. I'm excited to watch this again because it's been such a long time and I can't really remember everything. I just remember that general feeling mm -hmm. when I watched it because I thought it was real of like, wow, this is like fucked up and kind of creepy. And, you know, I, I don't, I wasn't like scared having nightmares about it or anything, but. But it's like, oh, this was messed up. Right. And and over the years, you know, any article that pops up, you know, I'm like, oh, Blair Witch, I like that movie. Oh God, I don't like this movie at all. What was I thinking? You know, it's it's because it exists in that moment of time, like you said. Yeah, this is and, a time capsules. I think right. how we phrase it. And best. if you could, and if you could go back and be in that moment, it you may have liked it. And for me, it's sort of like a nostalgic piece. Like there's there's, I'm gonna say I like this movie because of how I felt when I first watched it, and because yep. of the way that I went into it. But upon rewatch. 20 years later, this movie does not hold up no. at all. And we're just going to – we're not going to gloss over it, but I'll, we'll just say it really quickly. The shaky cam is a disaster. The shaky cam is whatever to me. No, it, it's and, – and the only reason I say that is I'm – you know me. I'm yeah, you a like big fan of found cam. footage yeah. movies. We did Frankenstein's Army is a great example <laughs> of you – we have seen such found footage leaps and bounds. So a good comparison, the video game nerd in me is like – it's like going back and playing Diablo 2 after playing Diablo 3, where they've spent years upgrading things, fixing the process, making it smoother, and then you try to jump back into this herky-jerky older version. So the reason why it's like that is because the people who were the actors were also 
filming the movies on equipment that they didn't know how to use that they got very basic training on because it was an immersive experience. That's which fascinating. I get. I might have made a different choice and trained him a little better. Well. Because only on account of they're supposed to be good with this equipment in their characters. They're like college students. Like some of some people well, who are college right. students good are like might be too hard are, word. are good with equipment, but they're not necessarily like fucking pros running through the woods with them. They, you know? Well, all right, that's fair. I would have expected them to be a little more familiar with it and have yeah. a little bit more of control. But the biggest issue, I think, you just nailed it on the head. I didn't like any of these characters. And I wonder, I don't know if you found this any trivia, like if the way the characters turned out was the way the characters no. were supposed to turn out. No. There was supposed to be an I could be I could be misremembering because I did read a lot of random trivia over the years and then mm-hmm. a little bit after we watched the movie. I'm pretty sure like Josh and Heather were supposed to kind of like have a flirtation going on. But then they wound up like fucking hating each other and in real life, like legitimately, genuinely disliking each other and bickering and getting in each other's faces. That scene where he's forcing her to be on camera yeah. and like harassing her about always having on was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, mm-hmm. actually, because you could feel the genuine hatred between the two of them. I don't know if it was hatred so much right. as it was like, I'm fucking done with this The shit. genuine exacerbation they had with one mm-hmm. of another you yeah know. that's that's the only thing i i really read i think that that they pretty much let them be themselves you know what i mean because they use their real names they use their families and those fake documentary things mm-hmm. so they they wanted them to at least be you know an offshoot of who they actually were okay. with some minor traits written in by the the writer. Such an interesting choice because and and I get making it because this was made on no budget and right. it seems like it's very it was very experimental. Like but even knowing that, you know, you're taking such a risk of ending up with characters people don't really like. But this movie is still beloved. Oh it's and let's give this movie the credit. One of the greatest returns on investment of all oh, time. Yeah. Absolute cultural. Absolutely. My, like, up there, it's like a cultural Rushmore for horror movies and genre changing mm-hmm. and building of this whole genre. 100%. I probably would have a very different feeling about it had I seen it in its time. I saw it in its time and I'm saying, like, you know, I have this special place in my heart for it, but it, it really doesn't hold up over time. And, I'm not I'm trying to think of any other like genre defining movies that like sort of started a genre that that really don't hold up like this movie doesn't hold up and I'm I'm kind of at a loss I don't I can't really think of any off the top of my head I'm sure that they exist but and I mean I I think to put a qualifier to, and please send us anyone out there uh, please right. let us know if if you can think of one well, that I'm sure we're going to get a lot of people telling us that we're wrong and that's okay. You know, this that's is fine. Just, that's, this is, this is uh, our opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's totally okay. We respect and appreciate your opinions. We'd love to hear them. As someone who's seeing it for the first time, 22 years after its time and place to truly mm-hmm. be seen, the hype really hurt this film for, and the experience oh, for yeah. me because I was going into this going, this movie was beloved. This movie was huge. Had such a bit. It created a genre wow, I can't wait to see, you know, where it all began versus, 
when people were seeing this and not when it came out, you knew nothing about it. There was no hype. This was just like, the, well, there was hype, but it was like a different kind of, it wasn't a yeah. hype because it was this place in time that the legacy of this movie it was the hype of like, what is this movie? And just all that legacy, all that renown that this film has built up and cultivated, I knew knew of it. So then going in to see it, it's very weird. It'll be kind of like being like, you heard all about like Mike Tyson. The first time you see him fight is next week when he's like 58 years old. And you're like, but what, huh, huh? That didn't, because you didn't see him when he was 22 and just blowing people out of the water. That's what kind of seeing this movie was like. It was, it was very hurt by its own success. Yeah. I think it definitely today collapses under the weight of all of that that you just talked about. So I know that I know that there's been a, a little bit of a resurgence and in interest in it. I know I've seen like, wasn't uh, there a new one a couple years or wasn't there a new one a couple years ago? I, f I feel like they, it was either that or they were talking about like making a new one soon or I'm something. I'm pretty sure there was one like 20, somewhere between like 2014 and 18. I don't know. I know that there was a sequel soon if after only that there was, was some way we could horrible. figure out the answer to that question. Right. I know. <laughs> oh, darn this dial up internet. Oh, uh, beep, boop, beep. Yeah. I want to see the sequel. The sequel is god awful. Even though I did not like this movie, I will say because I like the lore in the world, I am intrigued to see what the heck they did. Uh, the sequel has nothing to do with the lore in the world well, from what i can recall because i saw it when it first came out a bummer yeah and it's just got the guy from burn notice in it that's all i remember i just Wait. remember that it was horrific which guy from burn notice the lead guy with the with the long horse face don't know his name uh i don't either jeffrey donovan i had no idea hold on i need to see if i just got that right he's got the long face Dude, I just pulled that guy out of my ass. That's Dude, amazing. that's like when I pulled Sh wow. Shannon Sossaman out wow. of my ass. <laughs> that is like I have no idea where that came from, but it, it hit. Um, I guess I'll take it first since I hadn't seen it before. Do I like this? No, no, I do not like this movie. I do think you should see it if you haven't, just because of its place in movie history and and what it what it spawned. It's a significant film. It's not going to be a fun experience. So just make sure you have lots of good snacks, beverages, and people you like to see. Watch it with other people. Don't watch this alone. Make sure that your TV isn't so large that you get motion sickness. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Don't I think, watch it that way. You know what might be an interesting way to watch this? Go back and look up all the old viral marketing stuff. Ooh. Get real immersed in it for like a day. Just get yeah. really into it. Do a deep dive. And then... Watch the movie. Maybe that's what you should do next. Team. Yeah, just go on a ver go on a deep dive of all the um the viral stuff, and maybe you'll have a little bit more of an appreciation for it. Oh, I have an appreciation <laughs> for all that because I remember that. I remember looking at some of that stuff yeah. as a you know on the old school interwebs on computers with rounded monitor screens. But um, yeah, so doesn't hold up. I feel the exact same way. Unfortunately, I really wanted to like it and I just really disliked it intensely. Uh, we were about halfway through when I finally admitted to myself like, oh, fuck, I hate this. I really don't like this. Yeah. This is so awful. Did any of the actors go on to anything else? I don't think so. I think they were too recognizable as the Blair Witch kids that they really suffered, unfortunately. 
So yeah, I, I mean, I don't hate, I definitely don't hate it. I, like I said, I have like a special place in my heart for it because of when and where I saw it and all that fun stuff. I think you should absolutely watch it, but you should know going in that this is the experience you're going to have. Mm -hmm. And I really think it would probably be a good idea to maybe check out all that viral marketing stuff wherever it exists uh, to kind of get in that headspace before you watch it. Because I think jumping in, it's just too like anachronistic in a lot of ways. So unfortunately, that is our take on it. We'd love to hear your takes and your experiences Definitely. seeing this. If you saw it back in the day, um, we'd love to hear your stories about seeing it and your thoughts on it. If anyone has seen it can, like in a contemporary way, like who has just seen it recently for the first time ever and who really liked it, I want to know your thoughts. Seriously, genuinely interested. Thanks for listening to our first Mainstream Monthly. Whee! These will be coming out once a month. Can't wait to see what we pick next. Um, if you have suggestions or movies yeah. you want us to do for the mainstream monthly, um, just consider that I have not seen nearly enough modern or mainstream horror. Probably the past 10 years, Ian hasn't seen most. I would say like 2005 and beyond. Yeah. I really like, I haven't seen house of a thousand corpses, those uh, insidious, sinister, any of the those will definitely. Those are all definitely on the list. For yeah. You. Cause I've seen a lot of those movies. Pre-2000, I've seen pretty much all the yeah. big stuff. But yeah, New Millennium, send us ideas, suggestions. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, absolutely start putting some up for a vote down the line. And uh, we look forward to doing more of these. Yeah, fun times. And you can send those suggestions to do I like this podcast at gmail.com. Do I like this podcast on Instagram, the.ian.james on Instagram. Do I like this pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook group. And... Is that it? We have a YouTube channel now, oh, yeah. so if you if that's an easier way for you to listen, well, our episodes will be up there. Um, you can also just leave us a five star review on Apple. Um, oh, and please subscribe. And it subscribe. makes it a lot easier for you, and All it, it helps us out, and we really appreciate it. We do. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week if we can find our way out of the woods. Mm.